and I think the term that the guy used was a 21st century Rockefeller Center. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, that's a it's a a big a big statement. You're listening to Experience This, a show about the emerging experience economy with your host, Tom Young. Hi, hey, welcome to the show. This is Tom Young I'm sitting here with Kieran in the studio. Hey, Tom, how's it going? All right. Hey, Kieran, today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, a continuing follow-up uh, around some of the ongoing development at Hudson Yards. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you, we did a uh, show, uh, we walked through the High Line, yep. and we talked a little bit about your experience living there because you live right in the middle of Hudson Yards one of the first buildings that went up at the Eugene Apartments. Right. And uh, for people not familiar with this, this is on the west side next to Penn Penn Station and Madison Square Garden. Yeah. It's it's the Hudson Yards is the the rail yards that take the trains west out of New York. Yeah, it's very far west. (laughs) Well, it's out to to the edge of the water, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it goes from Madison Square Garden and it goes, there's a post office, the old post office, uh, that's there, and then from that point west to the water is basically the train tracks, and it's the the rail yards. It's the Hudson Yards. Yeah, and there's actually two separate: uh, the East Yards and the West Yards. So Hudson Yards, as of right now, um, and, and we'll show in some of our footage, is constructed over half of the train tracks. So the other half of the train tracks is Phase Two of the project. Where is that? Um, that's going to be between 11th and 12th avenues. So what's completed right now is between oh, okay. um, 10th and 11th. Okay. And so phase two is scheduled to be- That's where the High Line goes out to. Yeah. So the High Line eventually, you're right, it curves around that yeah. back end. Okay. Um, so that's scheduled to be done by 2024. So this is a very large real estate development project. I think $20 billion is yeah. the number I saw, which, yeah. is, which is massive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's hard to point to- I, is there anything that's that big? Worldwide? Not since the Rockefeller era. I think this is the largest development, right. pri- private re- residential. So or in private some of the interviews we saw with the developer, ex- development executives, mm-hmm. you know, they they liken trying to transform this part of Manhattan in the same way that Rockefeller Center has transformed the Fifth Avenue area right. up by St. Patrick's Cathedral. Yep. You know, they got the ice skating rink and the, uh, <coughs> the Christmas tree. It's a big thing and it becomes an, an icon, even though there's... A lot of things going on there. NBC Studios were there, and there's shopping underneath. There's some restaurants, but people view that as a icon of New York now, where you go in and Christmas time, the lighting ceremony is a big deal. Yeah, I think the CEO of Related was mentioning that it's a 365. Year now, Related is a developer here. So Related is a developer behind Hudson Yards. Yeah. There's also a development company, Brookfield. Yeah. Which is in play at uh, Manhattan West. Okay. Now that is between the post office, which is on 8th and um, okay. 9th Avenues. So uh, Massive the, developments, I know, a lot. So <laughs> the, the whole thing, we're just going to call it Hudson Yards, yeah. right? Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, <laughs> it's a development from the post office to the water. Mm-hmm. And there's coming in different phases, but it's it's tremendous. And one of the things, you know, when we did our, our Highline walk, uh, that was great. Uh, we found out that the, the Highline is the number one New York City tourist destination. Yeah, about 8 million people a year. Now, you would never guess that. No, I, I, I would think Empire State Building, Statue of Liberty, Times Square. Uh, I'm not sure how they would measure Times Square. but I think it's taken over as the number one. Well, it's free. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a nice walk. You get a totally different feel, and we talked about that in one of our podcasts. But um, 
the, the so you, and you live right by there. So we we were there the other, last week and mm -hmm. the mall opened up. So as and I say mall, they hate they don't like the term mall. I, um, they call it urban I'll, retail center. Yeah, exactly. Right? So mm -hmm. it's mall. <laughs> uh, but it's a it's a million square feet, and I likened it a lot to the massive um, urban retail center style developments in Las Vegas. Yeah, that were attached to the casinos. Uh, Caesars had one. Uh, I think uh, the old uh, the new Aladdin had one that became Planet Hollywood. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a, a few others, and then the Venetian shops opened up as part of Sheldon Adelson's development. And these are multi, you know, between one and $2 billion developments. Yeah. Uh, just for the mall. Wow. So I think he said they had 1 million square feet. And so we toured it. And I, I, I toured it with you largely with a skeptical eye. Because mm -hmm. I was trying to think, you know, a million, dollar, a million square feet of retail, when retail, it was, we, again, we've done some shows on retail being redefined. It wasn't clear to me that the retail portion was going to have the paybacks because of the amount of overhead required to make that viable. So I'm still a little skeptical of that, but I thought the my I thought it was a beautiful place. Yeah, it's very stunning. But what drew what drew me to it was more the social side of the development, the, mm -hmm. the coffee shops, the restaurants, yeah, the things you could go do. In fact, we saw this one place, uh, Milos. No, no. The, what was the place? It was like an airport lounge. Oh, Eden. Eden, yeah. Yeah. So we, Eden was a very kin to just a, a similar to an airport lounge at an airport, but in the mall where you could pay $6 for 30 minutes. Yeah, so it's $6 for 30 minutes, uh, $12 for an hour. And <clears throat> we were going back and forth because they have a list of you know showers and nap pods and uh, a list of amenities. And we weren't sure if those were included in the price, right? But it is. It's a flat six dollar fee for access to everything inside the space. Yeah, it, it's very much like a high end airport lounge where you can go in and uh, take a shower if you need to. I I'm trying to think of the situation where you would want to take a shower at the mall, but I think they have a helipad with access to JFK. Correct, which is a company called Blade, which runs those shuttle that shuttle. So if you're coming on a red eye, and mm -hmm. you know you can take the helicopter right there, and you're in Midtown very quickly. I think it's like a ten minute ride on the helicopter. You could take a walk in here, and for six to twelve dollars, take a shower, change, and uh, get a cup of coffee, and be ready to go. It's an interesting concept. I, I think it's you know we'll see if, see if that's successful or not. I think six dollars for half hours a little off, but. Yeah, uh, a little low to me, but uh, we'll see. I just I thought it was interesting how they're exper experimenting with the experience economy there, which is one of the things we're fascinated with, which is why we're talking about yeah, it. Yeah, so I think they're trying to keep the retail. Um, the first floor of the mall is definitely most of the high end shops. So you have all your Fendi, Cartier, etc. Yeah. And then as you move up uh, levels, you start to notice. Um, them experimenting much more with experiences. And I think they have about 20 restaurants inside the mall total. Right. Then they have something called Snark Park, which is a architecture um, area that's set up in collaboration with a very popular brand right now, Kith. Um, so they're, they're definitely doing some experiential s testing. And we, we went to a few of the places. Mm -hmm. uh, 
One place we went to, Milos. Yep. So <laughs> Milos um, is actually two floors. So we uh, hung out on the bottom floor, which was the wine bar, um, the tapas with Greek style top, Mediterranean style tapas, anywhere from five to 10 bucks, plus an extensive wine list. And then upstairs is actually fine dining. And they're also going to have a portion that is outside on a terrace, which overlooks the vessel. I, I liked uh, when we walked in, uh, we, we were able to snag a few seats at the bar. Yeah. It was pretty crowded. Mm hmm. And all the wines are from Greece. Yeah. So and the the, the tapas or the appetizers you could get there were all uh, uh, foods from Greece, and they were relatively reasonably priced. You could sample a lot of things, like for five to seven dollars, which was very low when you think you're in Manhattan in one of the most expensive areas. It was interesting because I actually asked them about why they didn't sell wine by the bottle. And they said that they really want people to come enjoy, have conversation with their friends and try more than one wine and talk about it. So they're definitely trying to create this social yeah. setting around wine and food. They change the, uh, they make a note on the wine list. Uh, <laughs> it's a four ounce pour versus five. So they get yeah. six glasses out of a bottle versus <laughs> five. So. They help with that, but the, the prices weren't unreasonable given where we were at. No, but it did allow you to experience a few things. We got a few appetizers, and uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I, we got some kind of a Greek champagne. I yeah, don't know what the hell they sparkling call it. white. They don't yeah, call I it remember. <laughs> Only the French call it champagne. Yeah, but uh, it was it was very good. Yep, a nice experience. Uh, and then the, you guys, you and Rohan went to a place, uh, a British place that had gin and tonics and. Queen's Yard. So Queen's Yard, yeah. Queen's Yard's pretty neat. It's about 11,000 11, square feet in total. And the space is divided into four individual sections within the 11,000 square feet. So they've got a kitchen, which has pub-style food. You can get fish and chips there. Right. Then they've got the bar area, which does cool gin and tonics. The restaurant. And then they also have a cafe, which is all day. Yeah. So coffee, pastries, things like that. So you you literally live a block away from here. Yeah. And so other than the time that you, you went, the day it opened, because yeah. you called me about it, and then you and I walked over there uh, maybe twice. Correct. Have you been there other than that? I think more than I want to admit. <laughs> so you, so for you, it is an extension of your neighborhood. Yeah. And there has no, there's been nothing. There's a couple of restaurants on the west side. But there hasn't been anything where, um, you know, you can go and, and have a couple of options under one roof and you don't have to go that far. So it's been cool. And we've probably it opened on March 15th. And I think in one week we probably went back about five times just in one week. Wow. And so another time you t we went over there, we went over with uh, Bart and TJ uh, before one of our meetings. We had a, a dinner meeting. We went over to this uh, a Spanish place. It's mm -hmm. similar to, I say similar. It was kind of similar to Italy, but yeah. a Spanish theme. Yeah, uh, I think Italy is a, is a little bit more immersive. It has retail and classes mm -hmm. and stuff. I didn't see that there, but it's not it's not done. It was a soft opening. Yeah, exactly. So we were there where they were training people, and again, a, a wide diversity of different kind of Spanish foods. It's not just paella, no. although that was there. Yeah. And uh, and probably the most, one of the unique ways I've seen it being cooked on an open wood fire. Yeah, that was pretty neat. 
but a lot of a lot of nice foods in the same style as the Greek one. You can get a, a sampling of the wine and uh, you know appetizers at the bar. It was very nice. I think what the restaurants are definitely trying to focus on is this community feeling of coming in with yep. a group and socializing centered around food. Yeah, but you're you're experiencing this because you've lived there for about a year now, right? Mm-hmm. And you signed up for another year. That's good. Yeah, we did. Seems like a no brainer to me. <laughs> Uh, but you're seeing this build out around you yeah. and it's becoming, um, I'm going to put words in your mouth, but is, is it for you becoming a more immersive, you can see the vision of the development start building out around you. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, it's finally starting to come to fruition for living in a construction site for many years. And even the High Line, which is the number one tour, that, that's going to expand out to all the way out to the water eventually. Correct. And it's uh, a big chunk of it. Uh, it dead ends right into, well, it all dead ends into different aspects of Hudson Yards. Yeah. So that, I, I again, I like going there. It's a, it's a nice place. It's hard to park around there because they're still doing so much construction, but that'll get figured out yeah. uh, when it gets built out. And the subway's extending out there. Correct. Yeah. The seven train. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of ways to, it's quite accessible yeah. to get there now. So we're going to go back because uh, you're there, we do a lot of projects in Hudson Yard, so we'll probably go back and check out some different things. But what one of the things we try to get people to start thinking about is is the, the again go back to the experience mm-hmm. of time. Is is it a good use of your time to go there? Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know that I would go shopping there. I'm, that's not the kind of person I am. But people who like to shop at the high end, there's certainly the high end stores are there. Yeah, to get an idea. Uh, I was asking, you know, your sister does the uh, rent the runway, rent a runway. But I was asking, does she would she come here and look and get ideas of just cool clothes and then go on to her app and then just rent those clothes? Yeah, she might do that. Uh, I mean, Neiman Marcus is the anchor store there. Yeah. And they're very uh, fashion forward. Yep. And um, yeah, it's definitely a place to go for inspiration. We didn't go into the Neiman Marcus when we were there. No, we didn't. We need to check it out. It's they, pretty neat. They have a cafe in there as well, right? Mm-hmm. They have yeah. a really cool bar as well. Yeah. So it's it's a, a little bit like Harrods in the sense where they started putting in the the store, you know, within a store within a store where they yeah. have the, the concept like that. And um, we were in there a couple of days ago. One neat thing that they have is in the women's department, whatever clothing you buy, they have a on-site uh, personalization um, center where you can get stuff embroidered. So different patches or, um, you know, you can get your name embroidered on your jean jacket, etc. So they're definitely trying to, again, another type of experience within the store. Right. Yeah. Well, I think when they, there, there's going to be some public spaces that they're building out in the final phases where they'll have concerts, uh, shows, exhibitions. Uh, and I expect you'll see this I think the term that the guy used was a 21st century Rockefeller Center. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, that's a that's a a big a big statement. But you can uh, 20 billion dollars. It's really nice what they're doing. It's, I encourage people if they're in New York to go check it out. Yeah, it's very neat. I think the next big opening is of the the Culture Shed, which is going to have a lot of the concerts and shows. So it's coming up uh, in about two weeks time. Really? Yeah. So soon. Yeah. So I think they kind of staged it. The mall opened on the 15th of March. Then the Vessel, which is the walking staircase by Thomas Heatherick, that opened April 1st. And now the shed is opening in about two weeks' time. Have you gone to the top of the Vessel? I have. 
it was freezing the day I went. It's really cool, though. It's about 3,000 steps in total. Or you can take an elevator. <laughs> do they charge for the elevator? No, it's free. All right. I, I think I might have to do that. <laughs> I'm not walking up 3,000 flights of stairs voluntarily. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Um, but and, and it's, it's that's just a piece of art that's a tourist attraction you can walk on. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. I was trying to figure out what the hell it was. There's mixed reviews in the press in New York, but yeah. um, it's it's pretty neat. Well, a lot of these uh, we were talking before the show. The a lot of these icons that get built are at, at first people hate them, yeah, and then they become iconic. Like the <laughs> Eiffel Tower in Paris was hated by the Parisians when it was went up. Yeah, now it's I, the icon of Paris. I definitely feel that I've been reading. You know, a lot of the big articles in the city, the New Yorker, Eater, Curbed. Etc. And uh, the press is coming down a little bit hard on Hudson Yards. Why? Um, mixed reviews. Some people are saying that it doesn't really um, truly reflect the diversity of New York, and you know, it's ah. a, uh, virtue signaling. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's new, so it's going to get some. I get that negative I, I, negativity. Look, I, I, I'm skeptical at some level. But hopeful that it, it accomplishes what it's trying to do because it's an if it can accomplish the goals, it's a net asset to New York. I, I think, and it and it sets a blueprint for redevelopment of other areas. Yeah, and you know one of one of the things we talk about the redefining of retail is you know sort of the the death of the single front store. Mm-hmm. You know, and malls are dying because malls were simply just a an. Uh, and a single roof over multiple stores. Right. But the malls that are doing well are the malls that incorporate experiences into the whole thing so that you go there not just to shop, but you're there to do other things and maybe you shop and it's a whole mixed thing. Yeah. So places with restaurants and taverns and uh, movie theaters and all kinds of things like that will drive a, 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 a mall as a destination versus a utilitarian view of the mall, which is a place to shop. Mm-hmm. Is that, in that sense, you know, a million square feet seems like, well, I'm a, I'm I'm probably skeptical of whether that's going to be successful. They may retool some of that space, right? But we were walking by some of the high end shops. You know, they had expensive staff there. I didn't see a single customer in some of these places. Well, it, yeah, I mean, actually, if you notice it, there's a, on the weekends, the place is packed, but you don't necessarily see a lot of people with shopping bags. Yeah, you got to figure out how to capitalize on that. Yeah, and the the eateries and the cultural experiences people will pay for. Mm-hmm. But I mean, and I guess people buy really expensive fashion uh, items and clothing. I don't know. I'm not sure they go there to do that often enough to pay the rent. I mean. It's not a cheap place. I can't imagine what the rents are there. I, I don't know. I mean, and then a, a, a shop like Rolex, I don't know. Maybe if you purchase a Rolex, you get it shipped home and you don't really carry the bag around with you. Uh, not sure, but there's a lot of expensive, expensive stuff on right. that first floor. So that's going to cater to some people. But you know, when we talk about the experiences, you know, we're looking for the organization and, and an atmosphere that's highly social. And yeah. um you know, retail experiences that create a social environment. And I think that at some level this does that mm-hmm. in, in New York. If I think of the other developments in New York that have retail as part of the social, there used to be the South Street Seaport. 
Right. And that that that, that that's been they had a big fire and then yeah. I don't know if they actually rebuilt that or not. They did revamp it a yeah. bit. But that was a mm-hmm. big destination back you know, 25, 30 years ago. It was big. You go there, there was a lot of bars, a lot of activity, a lot of outdoor things. They yeah. were shopping there. A nice mixed use. You have uh, Columbus Circle, right. the Time Warner Building, another nice mall. Yeah. Uh, but it's mixed. There's other things to do there mm-hmm. right next to the Central Park. Uh, you have Rockefeller Center as old school. Right. Uh, and then you have Hudson Yards. And what was interesting, the guy who's doing the project was saying the best rents in the city for them are there, whereas the Upper East Side is probably the the, the least desirable from a rent perspective. He, and he's specifically talking about a building called One Hudson Yards, which is a rental, and a one-bedroom there run will run you from between five and $6,000. For one bedroom. Yeah. So that's most that's more than people's mortgages for the most part. Yeah, it's pricey. So it's it's not for the faint of heart. Uh, you know, <laughs> no. You know, maybe maybe save up and sign for a one year lease to experience <laughs> it. Uh, but you love living there. Yeah, it's great. I yeah. really like it. And uh, again, just real quick, why do you like living there? Just. I, I mean, I think my building in particular is really big on community. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think from a social perspective, when I lived in other buildings in the city, I would always have to leave my area to go find that, those social activities and things to do. Um, and so I've definitely noticed that I've cut back on my searching for it elsewhere. And um, it's cool. It's cool to just uh, be connected and plugged so you, in. You nearby. become friends with a lot of people in your building. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And uh, do they have similar feelings about the overall development of uh, Hudson Yards? Yeah, I mean, I think people in the building are generally overall very excited about it. Um, I've actually ran into a couple of people in Little Spain at various points. Um, it gives us another place to hang out that's nearby and stuff to do. Yeah. Well, I look forward to going back there. We'll be back there this Friday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll be probably recording some stuff there. We have uh, some meetings uh, at the Eugene. Yeah. And I look forward to going back and experiencing some of the more the different aspects we only went to a couple of places yeah we i want to see some of the other ones i'd like to walk through the neiman marcus and get a feel for how they're, <laughs> yeah. they're doing that i'm very interested in i mean people aren't parting with 20 billion dollars casually <laughs> no they're not so and um it's not that people won't make mistakes they could but when that, that kind of money is being thrown at something you want to step back and pay attention and say well, what are they trying to accomplish here yeah. And then how does it tie into our premise on this podcast series, which is people are going to start valuing time more so than money. Mm-hmm. And what they're trying to capture here, at least with the, the mall and the, the, the culture shed and the high line is a place for you not just to spend money, but to spend time. Totally agree. And it's- then the issue becomes, is this a good use of your time? And so far you've been there half dozen times or more. Uh, has it been a good use of your time? Yeah, I've had a great time. Every yeah. great experience each time. S- same with me. I've only, I've, I've walked there. I've been there twice uh, into the mall area. But in general, I get a little frustrated with the amount of construction going there when I try to go in and park and get around. But I'll just put up with that because I know that eventually this is going to get built out. It's going to be really nice. Yeah, it's it's definitely turning out to be a really nice neighborhood. So I encourage people to go there. Yeah. When it gets warmer, we had a nice warm day last weekend. <laughs> uh, but when it get warmer soon, we'll do a, 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 a nice 
another walk, walk on the High Line, go down to the Meatpacking District again, and do it in the warm weather. Sounds we might good. have to fight the crowds if we do, though. Oh, we are going to. We'll yeah. just be prepared for yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll have to do it during the business day. We'll do that. So. Yeah. All right, great. Well, thanks very much. See ya. See ya. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Karen, I think you were supposed to say that. Yeah, thanks. I'll take it from here. All right, well, we got to do the, this is the new Outcast. Oh, the out- outro. The outro. The, I think Outcast is a new word. All okay. right, outro. We're doing a new outro. We got to cover a few things. All right. One is what? Subscription. Do you subscribe to? We want people to subscribe to this, not just listen to it occasionally. Okay, yeah. Check the us out. The second thing is, nothing's better than what? A, a five-star rating. Always five stars. Got to give us the five stars because we get better search outcomes. Mm-hmm. And the last thing is comments. We need those. Yeah, we, we need your feedback. We want to know what people are thinking. So you can check us out. The best way to do it, if you're not sure, some people don't know how to do it. Go to our website. You can check it out. We'll have a full set of instructions. Uh, so whatever app you're using. Most people use, what do you use? Uh, I use Spotify. You do? Yeah. So we have Spotify. We have iTunes, uh, YouTube. There's a whole bunch. Of, whatever you use, we have it. And if, and if we don't have it, let us know, and we'll try to figure out how to get it. We can send you a paper-based instruction. <laughs> actually, actually, we do have paper-based instructions, even though that's a fun inside joke to our team. So anyway, yep. thanks for listening, and check us out uh, in our next shows. Thanks. See ya.